Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Escape in Japan podcast. Today we'll be taking a look at an intro to Japan just to make sure we're all on the same page. So whether your Japanese knowledge is that of a complete beginner or you're a globally renowned expert on everything to do with Japan, in this episode there'll definitely be something for you. And as this is episode number one, that also means we'll be seeing the very first appearance of our regular features, including facts of Japan, word of the week, plus a quiz question, and of course, our shout outs. What do you think of when somebody says Japan? Is it skyscrapers and futuristic technology like bullet trains and robot restaurants? Is it colourful adverts and the global sensation that is anime? Or is it the serenity, nature and calmness of cherry blossoms and Mount Fuji? Before we look at what the Japan of today represents, it's important for us to look back on how it got to where it is. The first humans arrived in Japan around 30,000 years ago. Those people were called the Jomon people, and they remained there for 26,000 years. Think about that for a moment. Think of everything that we know in history, everything that has occurred in the last 100 years, in the last 50 years, or even in your own life. You might be listening to this age 20 or 30, or the first people to arrive in Japan existed untouched for your entire lifetime 1,000 times over. That's pretty incredible. Roughly 26,000 years after the Jomon people landed, the next set of people who arrived were known as the Yayoi. That's Y-A-Y-O-I, Yayoi. Between the years 400 and 900, Japan's population started to grow and develop into many different kingdoms and tribes, which gradually came to be unified and controlled under the first emperor of Japan, Emperor Jimmu. As centuries passed, the power of a Japanese emperor reduced and returned to the people. Naturally, there was a lot of competition, especially as this was around the time that something which is now very well known came to exist, which was, of course, the samurai. These incredible warriors with unwavering loyalty are one of the most recognizable symbols of Japan. But more on this another time. Moving right the way up to the early 20th century, Japan began to introduce democracy and civilian culture, although the military remained highly powerful. Then, of course, came World War II. This was a huge time of transformation for Japan, not only in terms of everyday life, but in terms of Japan's identity as a whole and what the country stood for. After the tragic occurrences of two nuclear bombs falling on both Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the war was over and Japan began to rebuild. Ten years on from the war, 1955 is where Japan's extreme economic growth truly began, where up until 1990 it underwent rapid expansion and established itself as a world leader in many industries, namely technology, cuisine and popular culture. This takes us to the present day, to the Japan we all know and love. 
Japan is a place in the world that is unlike any other. To outsiders, we view it with a mixture of amazement, adoration, and sheer disbelief. It is a country and culture so different to anything any of us know, with striking differences to even its closest neighbors. Japan is, of course, made up of islands and totally surrounded by ocean on all sides. This has kept its culture pursuing a very distinct path over thousands of years, making it difficult for new ways of life to infiltrate and influence. Something totally unique about Japan that people often fail to realize is that Japan is what we call a homogenous society. That essentially means that almost everyone who lives there belongs to the same racial or ethnic background. Such is Japan's homogeny, in the official global rankings which determine the ethnic diversity within any population, Japan ranks only one place beneath North Korea. Whilst Japan has become hugely more diverse in the last decade, its official census statistics show that Japanese people make up a whopping 98% of the entire population of 125 million people. As a result of this cultural isolation, there are fewer Japanese people around the world, meaning that those of us not from Japan have come into contact with the place less through human experience and more through media, be that through films, art, TV, game shows, anime, or even food. Whichever way each of us thinks we know Japan, the reality is probably very far away from what our perceptions tell us. Japan is what's known as a high-context society. This essentially means that things can be easily misinterpreted by the outsider. In English, despite the reputation of British people for sugarcoating or understating their emotions, the English language is very clear and explicit in what it says in relation to what the speaker means. Whereas in Japan, the situation is everything. Words can take on multiple meanings depending on the scenario. Communication can often be subtle in the form of less eye contact or gestures with the hands or shoulders. It's often the case that high-context societies place more value on interpersonal relationships and systems of hierarchy and social ranking can become a fundamental part of your identity. This in turn can be quite brutal and unforgiving for an individual living in one of these societies. It tends to place less emphasis on the achievements, goals, and dreams of an individual, instead prioritizing the happiness of everybody as one, no matter what that means. Such is the importance placed upon working together rather than for your individual thoughts. There is a quote I've heard a few times which is well known throughout Japan, which, to be honest, fills me with nothing but sadness. It is this. The nail which sticks out must be hammered down. It's true that Japan is an incredible, majestic, and magnificent place to be, but, like anywhere, it has its downsides. From poor levels of equality for women, to issues with gangsters known as Yakuza causing violence and unrest, Japan is not always the miraculous land we all like to believe. I'll be recounting in a future episode my visit to Nishinariku, a suburb of Osaka where poverty and destitution is clear for all to see. But, of course, as much as we are here to examine Japan, we are here to celebrate it. 
Japan is a country where old meets new, where ancient meets modern, where the genius meets the downright bizarre. As a visitor to Japan, there are things which you'll encounter that you'll absolutely love. There are things you'll encounter that you'll find supremely frustrating. Again, a different episode is going to cover Japan's insane working culture, which sees brutal work schedules quite literally stealing the lives of millions of highly intelligent and capable people. It's this kind of contradiction that makes Japan fascinating beyond just the cosmetic knowledge that most of us have. The culture and society within Japan is more complex and layered than anyone could ever know. Whilst I'm looking forward to sharing my experiences with you, please remember to message Escape in Japan on Instagram if you have any comments or points to make. All views are welcome. And now it's time for Word of the Week. Word of the Week is a regular feature on the Instagram page and will now also feature in every podcast episode. You can check out the Escape in Japan highlights reel to see all of the words of the week from before. Word, words of the week? Word of the weeks. Words of the week. Words of the week. We'll go with that. I mean, I'm talking about a second language and it turns out I can't even speak my own. Fantastic. So without further ado, I will now announce the word of the week. It is Kuchi Sabishi. Kuchi Sabishi. It means to eat through boredom rather than through hunger. Something we can all very much relate to. Kuchi Sabishi. Also, it's worth mentioning as a quick language tip, the last letter, the letter I in the word Kuchisubishi has a horizontal line across the top. You may know this already, but that line is called a macron. You'll sometimes see a macron placed over a vowel in a word, which means that you should make this vowel sound longer when you're saying it out loud. The use of a macron is very common when writing Japanese words in westernized language, which is something known as romanji, rather than using the Japanese written language of hiragana, katakana, and kanji. It's also common to find a macron in many other languages, including the indigenous language of New Zealand, known as Tadayo Māori. It's now time for Facts of Japan. This is where I give you three quick-fire facts at the end of the show. Some you may know already, some you may not. Here we go. Fact number one, Japan has the highest life expectancy in the world. That's quite a well-known fact, but still a great fact nonetheless. Secondly, in Japan, gambling is totally illegal. Of course, there are ways around this, namely with the very, very popular game of Pachinko, which we'll cover in more depth in a future episode. But gambling is totally illegal throughout Japan. And finally, possibly my favorite fact of the three, the island of Okunoshima, that's Okunoshima, is an island almost entirely populated by rabbits. So if you like rabbits, you know where to go. Now it's the part of the show where we do our shout-outs. Usually a shout-out is reserved for the quickest few people to get the correct answer to the quiz question, 
But as this is our first episode, it's important we shout out a few people who have been great supporters of Escape in Japan. Firstly, to the fantastic Shawnee, who listens in the US. He's been a huge supporter of the page since day one. Then there's the fantastic Donny V, who listens all the way from Colombia and has provided brilliant and hilarious comments for quite some time. Then we've also got the True T, Gwyneth, Amber Chan, and the unforgettable James Jambo Woods. I'd also like to mention my new friend Piku. We will be collaborating together very soon. More details to come in next week's show, but she's a fantastic creator, so please check out her page, which is at PikuPoyo. That's at P-I-K-U-P-O-Y-O. Now here's your chance to make it onto the list of shout-outs for next week by answering this quiz question. If you know the answer, message Escape in Japan on Instagram, and if you're one of the first to answer, you'll have yourself a shout-out. Here it is. What was the capital of Japan before Tokyo? That's what was the capital of Japan before it was Tokyo. Message Escape in Japan on Instagram with the answer, and you might just have yourself a shout-out. So that's it for episode one, our intro to Japan. Please join us next week for episode two, something which is going to have everyone's mouths watering. It's Japanese food. See you then. Arigato gozaimasu.